Welcome to Holy Unhappiness, conversations about the expectations we have of what the life of faith will feel like. I'm your host, Amanda Held Opelt, author of the book, Holy Unhappiness, God, Goodness, and the Myth of the Blessed Life. Each week, I'll be speaking with writers, pastors, artists, and friends about the myths we believe about the good life. Together, we'll reimagine what blessing can look like if we are willing to look beyond our culture's definition of happiness and success. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Welcome, everyone. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about parenting, which I write about in chapter three of my book. And I'm so excited to be joined by Kayla Craig. Kayla is a former journalist who brings deep curiosity and care to her writing. She is the author of Every Season Sacred and To Light Their Way. With a poetic, prophetic voice, She created the popular Liturgies for Parents Instagram account, which Christianity Today named an essential parenting resource. She also hosts the Liturgies for Parents podcast. Kayla's nuanced and accessible reflections, essays, and prayers are featured in various books, devotionals, and Bible studies. She lives in a 115-year-old former convent in her Iowa hometown, where she hopes to create spaces of welcome alongside her four children, her two dogs, and her pastor husband, Johnny. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me today. I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast. I'm so glad to be here. I have followed your writing for so long, and I just love the nuance and the depth mm. that you bring. And so I'm really excited to see. I mean, no pressure, but I'm excited <laughs> to see where this conversation well, goes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I feel exactly the same way about you. Like when my publisher suggested that I maybe do a series of interviews on topics related to my book, they're like, you could do a podcast. I was like, I'm not, I don't know about a podcast. It's a lot of work. But then I thought this would give me like an excuse to call up some people like mm. Kayla Craig and Caitlin <laughs> Chess and other people that I want to have conversations with about these things. This would give me a reason to do it. So um, well, I can't wait to listen to all your conversations. And it's true. Mm. Like my background is in journalism. And I just, I swear sometimes I went into that one because I like to write, but one because I'm so curious and I loved mm. the excuse of just peppering people with questions and getting away with it. So. <laughs> Well, and something I forgot to mention to you while we were chatting before I hit record is you're you're in Iowa, right? That's right. Like yeah. I am predisposed to love all people from Iowa. Like one of my best friends is from Iowa. I have an aunt uncle Iowa that I just love and my husband's from the Midwest. So I just think like Midwesterners are all great and amazing and Iowa's like the heart of the Midwest. So I just have a good feeling about this conversation. <laughs> 
Well, I can't speak for everyone, but I hope I represent us well. <laughs> I, I'm sure you will. Well, so Kayla, you are the beautiful soul behind the much beloved Instagram page, Liturgies for Parents and the podcast of the same name. Tell our listeners a little bit about what inspired you to start uh, that page and that podcast for parents. Yeah. It kind of poured out of um, my own need. I I say that a lot. I write what I need. Mm. And what I needed was something to root me when Mm. everything seemed to be exploding and imploding. And this was before the pandemic. This was at the beginning of 2020. And I'm like, everyone is so burned out. We are just depleted and exhausted. And how do we even find the words to pray as we're reading headlines, as our families are going through stuff, as we're untangling our own faith, like, what do we even do? How do we even pray? Where do we go from here? And um, borrowing the prayers of another was really important to me in a really, really hard time um, when my daughter was very, very sick. Mm. And I wanted to pray, and I just couldn't. Like, I just didn't have any words um, at all. And so something that helped was just using the prayers of another. Mm. Um, and so I thought, well, we're ending 2019. The world seems to be so hard. <laughs> Little yeah. did I know what was coming down the pipeline, right? Um, yeah. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just start sharing some, some kind of modern liturgy, some prayers, and maybe somebody we'll find it helpful to borrow those words. Mm. And so then I started sharing online and then a pandemic hit and we had very needed conversations about racial injustice and inequity in our country. And it just seemed to be like a uniting force. Yeah, And we were like, somebody else is praying this too. Somebody else is caring about this too. And so maybe we can pray these together. Um, so it gave me a little bit of hope to do that. Um, and hopefully it gave other people a little entry into hope too. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly has uh, for me and, and I've, I've recently picked up, um, your book, um, to light their way, Mm -hmm. uh, which, and, and I'm like buying copies for everyone I know now. (laughs) It's one of those books that it's like. My sister-in-law just had twins and I'm like, I know exactly. Like, you don't need a baby monitor. You need this book. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to get you. Oh my goodness. I I wish I could like put that on Amazon. You don't need a baby monitor. You need this book. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel strongly about it. It's it's just, it's such a good resource. Mm. So, so you've, you've got an Instagram page, you've got a a podcast, but you also have this one book and then another book that's going to be out in just a few months. Um, Tell us what kind of inspired you then to take you know, the, these prayers that people were resonating with and then compile something into, mm-hmm. you know, a book that people could, could hold close to them. Yeah. Well, I, I loved kind of these liturgical rhythms and mm-hmm. being rooted in kind of that history and, you know, everything just seems so out of control all the time. And the more awake we are to what's happening in our world, yeah. It, it just seems so overwhelming. And so something that has helped me is just getting into kind of those seasonal rhythms. So mm-hmm. I wrote To Light Their Way, which is just kind of this collection of prayers for parents. And Every Season Sacred is my new book. And it's really for the soul of a mm-hmm. parent. 
Um, and I wrote it because it's a book that I need, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. like I borrowed from so many other writers and theologians and artists and activists and really wanted to create a book that had threads of Christian spirituality that was for people who are parenting, mm. but didn't like underestimate the parents, didn't <sighs> write in a way that didn't honor a parent's like thoughtfulness or yeah. intelligence. Yeah. Like we're still these like full human beings, even yeah. as we are changing diapers or teaching our kids how to drive or whatever, you know, season of yeah. parenting we're in. So I wanted to create kind of a gentle contemplative resource that acknowledged the hard in our world yeah. and also like the great wonder and depth mm. and, and beauty in the moments that we might not always name as holy. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wrote a book that's for the soul of a parent. So then you can kind of lean into spiritual rhythms with your family, but in like an integrated way, not in like a how to, like we've all read those books or peeked at them and tossed them <laughs> or felt guilt or shame because how in the world could we possibly, you know, do this? So I kind of tried to create um, a resource that would be helpful um, to parents that want to have some sort of faith element, but aren't quite sure even what they believe. Yeah. Like, how do I share a faith with my kids when I am deconstructing and mm. reorienting my own life and untangling, you know, faith from culture and just all of that. So yeah. it's not any sort of here's an answer book, but maybe more of like a here's how to we can maybe ask questions together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that one to, to be in my hands because to light their way has been so helpful for me. Mm. Y'all, I just want to read a couple of, these are just some of the titles of some of the prayers in to light, to light their way, a prayer for pregnancy, a prayer for birth, a prayer for adoption, a prayer for infertility, a prayer for pregnancy loss, a prayer for mercy in the mundane, a prayer for a stressful morning, a prayer for the a prayer for the first day of preschool. Oh, needed that one. A prayer for, for gun violence in school, a prayer for when your child sees something scary on the news, a prayer for self-doubt, a prayer for the overwhelmed, a prayer for when we have gotten it wrong, which I read on the daily. Um, you, you say, and I think it's the introduction, you say, these prayers are for finding the sacred in the ordinary struggles and victories of raising children today. These liturgies are for the poor and the privileged, for those full of faith and those barely hanging on. I think that was certainly something that I wasn't prepared for. I'd love to get your perspective on this because I have had a really hard time being honest about how challenging parenting is because I went for such a long season wanting to be a parent mm. and not being a parent. And I was kind of part of this sacred sisterhood of infertility and, and pregnancy loss. And then I have two healthy girls now. And I, I have this sense of like, I have no right to complain. I have no right to say that this is hard because I'm so thankful that this dream finally arrived in my life. And so I, I don't know, how do you hold the tension between 
like you said, the, the privilege and the poverty of the experience of parenting, the mm. the faith, uh, the moments of faith, the moments of barely hanging on, um, the victories and the struggles. How do you hold that tension well? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. If you find out, tell me. <laughs> Yes, we'll start another podcast where yes, we talk about please. That. I need I need the secret sauce. Um you know, I I don't know. Something I'm trying to work on is just being honest mm. to myself first of all about how I really feel or how hard something really mm-hmm. is and yeah. then being able to name it so I can somehow get through it, you know, yeah. and then maybe I can invite God into that. Or just be honest with God, like, I'm really angry right now, or I don't know how to hold this tension because parenting is exhausting me. And I feel like, did you make a mistake? Like, am I meant to be a parent because things are so hard and we feel that self-doubt? Like, there's a reason I wrote that prayer, right? Um, So I think just being honest is like step one, like naming it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I, I guess that that's my ultimate, I think. But plea, the plea I'm trying to make in my book is that we're we're not going to some sometimes our difficult feelings are a result of maybe lies we've believed or or things we're telling ourselves that aren't true. Um, but but sometimes they're just a result of the the reality that life in this world is hard. And yeah. you're not going to really learn anything or get anywhere until you name that difficulty and name that struggle up to, to verbalize it and, and peer into it. That's that's when we start to learn a little bit about ourselves once we're once we're finally willing to be to be honest. Um, you write in the section of your book, Prayers for the Parenting Journey, that um, parenting is sanctifying. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know about you. I just, I went into parenthood with a lot of expectations about what that sanctification process Mm. would look like. I didn't Mm -hmm. imagine it would be quite so painful. (laughs) Um, So yeah, you go on to say parenting isn't just sanctifying, it's humbling, heartbreaking, and healing all at once. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what that sanctification has looked like for you and how how it's maybe different than what you thought going into it? Yeah. You know, I feel like I went into parenting feeling like really naive, like I didn't Mm -hmm. even know. And maybe it's just you just don't know until you're in it and you're Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're experiencing it firsthand. Um, But I really feel like I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot of um, things that I had held or lies mm. that I had held or privilege that I had held and never mm. acknowledged, you know, as I'm parenting two black children. Um, mm. There's just so many layers of um, kind of realizing how maybe self and inward focused I was, but not in like a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and realizing like, oh my goodness, I am now journeying through and, and trying to guide a whole nother human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wow, like, it's not just me. I'm not just yeah. responsible for me anymore. Yeah. Um, and it gives me a lot of perspective too, of the other people in my life that I, oh, I never thought about what it was like for my parents. Mm-hmm. Like I never like thought they're, 
I have memories of them being so much younger than the age I am now. And it's just like mind blowing to me. It gives yeah. me so much more perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm able to see, okay, there's things that I'm struggling with right now and it's hard and it's beautiful and it's exhausting and all those things. And I can have like self-compassion. Mm-hmm. I can also have compassion, um, for my family, for my parents, for the choices that they made when they made them. Um, and so it can be, can be a really beautiful, I feel like invitation as, as we're parenting. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Parenting's weird too, because up until I became a parent, pretty much every other labor that I had stepped into, like every other work or job, I, I was getting paid for. And like, there's something about our kind of capitalistic culture. I'm not here to like throw capitalism under the bus. I'm not smart enough to do that. But but like capitalism kind of makes us believe that something doesn't have value unless there's, there's a wage associated with it. Like we only value wage labor, not necessarily labors of love. And I keep going back to Genesis one and how like we were called to labor, we were created to labor, to co-labor with God and that this labor that I do on behalf of caretaking my children has deep, deep value, even if I'm not getting paid for it, even if I'm not getting recognized for it, which is the much harder one for me. That is (laughs) very hard. Yes. There's so little, um, no one thanks you when you're, it's like three o'clock and no one's napping and you've mm-hmm. changed multiple diapers. Like they're not even thanking you at that. Point. <laughs> no. You There's know, so it's much unseen labor. Yeah. As a parent. Yep. Yeah. And just yep. learning that just because it's not seen, just because it's not paid, it, that, that doesn't mean that it doesn't have value before yeah. God. And what are the seeds of, of love and security that I'm planting into mm-hmm. their life that will you know, hopefully reap a harvest. Maybe I'll never see it, but someday we'll, we'll reap a great harvest, but it's, it requires so much patience and endurance. Yes, it does. And that's so wise. And I think sometimes we can fall into the trap as our kids get older, that it's like, well, my reward is going to be a child that makes the choices Mm -hmm. I think they should make or Mm -hmm. does this. And it's like, parenting is such an open handed, co-creating co-laboring journey where like we don't we don't get to make those choices and like you can pour into a child and they are going to go their own way you know and so it's such a we it's not an if then equation with parenting and um yeah that can be I think as parents are in different seasons and as they parent older children I can see that being like a tension point um, yeah. of being able to kind of let go and let kids kind yeah. of forge their own path. It's risky. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, th- there's like an incredible risk, I think, in parenting in some ways, but I mean, I guess all forms of love are risk yes. to some degree. So, so vulnerable. Um, <laughs> it is. You, you spoke a, a, a moment ago just about like, how do you, this struggle of how do you parent while you're also rethinking your faith. Like it, it's like horrible timing. Like if I could have planned it any other way, I would have to like go be going through this season of maybe deconstruction and reconstructing or unbundling all these things from my faith that I don't mm-hmm. necessarily believe are true anymore. Um, and, and trying to find, um, 
well, what is true? What, what, what do I believe about God and about the world and about humanity? It's really hard to do that when you're parenting because suddenly you get questions like I got yesterday from my four-year-old, like, mommy, how long after we die until we're resurrected? I'm like, why can't you just be asking like where worms come from or something? Why are Those you asking me about the specifics the of biggest and deepest questions? And it's usually at like such a tough time, like right before you're about to turn off the light to at bedtime yeah. Yeah. or, you know, like it's like, oh, wow. Good question. Uh, yeah. Let's figure that out. Let's, Ask let's your father. Yeah. <laughs> Ask your grandmother. Yeah. But I do hard. think there's such a sacredness in being able to say, I don't know. And being able to say, let's enter into the mystery together, because we don't get a pause button when we're parenting. We are doing it all in real time. And so we're not going to have the answers. (laughs) We're we're human. Like there's so many mysteries that we're never going to even begin to fathom. Um, And when we get out of that kind of binary thinking and that black and white thinking, and we can enter into this like colorful wonder and mystery um, Mm -hmm. with our kids, I feel like there's a lot of freedom in that um, because we want to give our kids answers when they ask a a question, but saying, I don't know, or let's learn together or let's keep asking more questions um, can have a lot of beauty there too. Yeah. I think that's so good. And that's so important. And I think for me, like I've, I think there's a lot of value. And when it comes to your children, instead of seeing it as like, well, you're the grown up, and they're the, you're the grown up who knows everything. And they're the small child who knows nothing. And you have to catch them up to speed on everything is in some ways seeing them as fellow travelers. Now, of course, I have more experience and wisdom to offer them. I'm responsible to caretake them on their journey. But like, to bring them along just on the journey of of learning God and learning life and and being honest with them, I think, yeah, kind of gave me a lot of freedom too, is that I'm not going to break them if I say to them one time, I'm not sure the answer to that, or yeah. um, I'm really scared. I'm scared too, you know, mm-hmm. like my, my child has been recently pretty nervous about dying. She discovered mm-hmm. last week that all her teeth were going to fall out, which is really upsetting if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and and that she was going to die. Like she asked me, do all humans get old and die, even me? And, mm. you know, so it was an hour of her crying about her mortality. And I thought, how do I comfort a child over something I'm really nervous about too? And I think entering into that nervousness kind of with her can be really, really beautiful Um but also maybe becoming a little bit of a theological minimalist too. Like what are the kind of the key things that she needs to know that I know I believe God is with us. God is, God loves us. God's going to make all things new. God made the world. God made you. God loves you. If she can like absorb that (laughs) right now, that feels like it might be enough, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. We have had those same conversations at our house and I write about that in every season sacred about watching Lion King with my kids. And all of a sudden, because it was right around Ash Wednesday and they were kind of like starting to listen and pay attention to, to what we do. And we're talking about, Oh my goodness, these big heavy themes. Um, yeah, I think, I think what you said is so true that like 
theological minimalism, that paring down where we're not like getting rid of the big, beautiful elements of the faith, but just kind of weeding out what maybe should have never been there in the first place. Yeah. Making it absorbable or digestible for someone as young as her and Mm -hmm. as maybe um, doubtful as me, (laughs) you know, things that that I know I can absorb right now. Um, So I want to ask you about this this phrase, and maybe this is a hot button topic. I don't know. Um, I've just, I've heard the phrase motherhood is a woman's highest calling a lot. Mm. And I understand kind of where that phrase may have come from. I see the pros, I see the cons, but I'm, I'm curious how you experience that sentiment. Um, In what ways might it be helpful? What ways might it be misleading? Well, I think it can be so harmful to women who are not mothers, who have amazing high callings. And um, I loved what you wrote in your book about this, about how like, yes, parenting and mothering is a high calling and there are lots of amazing high callings, you know? So it's really, um, I feel like it can be really harmful to just be like, this is the highest calling you can have because what about if God has called you to be a pastor? What about if God has called you to be a writer? What about if God has called you to, you know, X, Y, and Z? And so it's not that parenting or that being a mother is anything to, you know, write off or that it doesn't matter because it, it does matter. Mm-hmm. But to like do some sort of um, I don't know, God ranking <laughs> on what is the highest. Like, I just, yeah. I'm not sure that that's our job to have to be like ranking. <laughs> right. Well, right. And it, when you do that, it's like any time then you say yes to something else and no to your child, you've, you've, you've failed. Like my right. dad always said, it's not really helpful to create these hierarchy of priorities in your life, mm. you know, where it's like God, husband, child, job, friends, hobbies, whatever, like however Mm -hmm. people rank things. He's like, it's maybe better to think of your life as kind of spokes on a wheel. And like, these are all elements of your life that matter. And sometimes Mm. we really need to pay close attention to this one thing, because that's where the need is. And, 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 and if that means that you're looking away from this other priority for a while, then you need to go back to that other priority and, and balance that out. That it's just life is fluid. Life is dynamic. You can't always say like, my husband matters more than my children. Like, that's not always true. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. we cancel a date because one of our kids is sick or, you know, right. like, yeah. it's just the practical reality of life sometimes, you know, I love that imagery of the spokes on a wheel that that just makes so much sense. Because I feel like there's a lot of pressure and expectation heaped on women in America as mothers. And that's my context. So that's what I have, like, Mm -hmm. I can speak to. But there is this like myth of balance. And like, yes, you can have a job, you should be great at your job, you should be great at your mothering, you should be great at your home, you should be great at your community involvement, you know, like, it's just, and you're supposed to figure out this magic recipe of holding all of these different plates and figuring it out. And, and being happy all the while yes, and full and, of energy and, and full of optimism. The certain way and, and look amazing. Of, yeah, this performance while you're doing of it. motherhood. There Jess Gross has a great book 
um, about that called Screaming on the Inside, uh, where she goes into like a very deep dive on mm. kind of what we expect um, of mothers. And it's really harmful. And I feel like the church should be like a liberating place where mm. we are honoring um, all people and we should be like supporting mothers and in all aspects <laughs> um, yeah. and not expecting parents and mothers to like be in a silo. Cause that's another thing that I see is that we don't have a, at least as in white culture, we do not have a communal vision of, of mothering and mm. of parenting. And it's such, such a loss. Um, yeah. And, and I, you know, love to see, churches really and communities um Mm -hmm. and neighbors really like rally around entire family units you know and people that don't have support and um i think we're so much better when we're together and we're not like siloing ourselves off and expecting mothers to perform to the certain standard and pressuring them by saying this is your highest calling i just think that's really can be really hurtful and unfair not only to women who aren't mothers, but also to women who are mothers. Yeah. yeah. It just sets, it sets so many expectations and it just sets you up for failure because mm-hmm. like, if this is my highest calling, then I've failed at my highest calling about four times today already, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I, I was, I wasn't gracious or I wasn't patient mm-hmm. or I wasn't as attentive as I should have been. And, and we always strive, I think, to love to love more wholly and to, to, to be sanctified and, and mm-hmm. give, give that purity of love to our children. But yeah. when we fail at it, it doesn't mean that we've missed our calling. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we've missed God's best for our life. Right. He's, he's that, I mean, that's what sanctification is. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's growing um, and maturing in, in holiness, not being yeah. perfect from the yes. start. <laughs> um well, I, I'm so grateful for your work. There, there's one other question I want to ask you. I've been asking all my guests, which is, um, as you've grown in your walk with the Lord and on your journey of faith, how is your perspective on what it means to be happy and blessed, whether as a parent or just as a human, how has that changed or evolved? Oh my goodness. It has, it has evolved and changed so much that I don't even know how to answer that question, right? Because it's like, Um, I have learned that deep happiness, deep joy, and deep blessing can come out of things that are just so difficult and so hard and cannot be wrapped up in a bow and is something that you might have to walk through and hold for a long, long time. Like as a parent to a child that has significant disabilities, it's Mm -hmm. figuring out you know, being present and figuring out what is, what is the blessing right here? What is the miracle right here? And it's my daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's not what, you know, hashtag blessed looks like in a certain Mm -hmm. maybe context, or maybe even what I had thought, um, before becoming a parent and before being continually, um, shaped and refined. And, you know, I always think, I'm not the same person I was, you know, five years ago or three years ago. And I don't want to be the same person I am today, three years from now and five mm. years from now. I want to grow in wisdom and in empathy and compassion. Yeah. And um, I think 
when we are shaped in those ways, then the way we define things like struggle or happiness um, start to shift. And Mm. yeah, we're, we're better for it. Gosh, don't we want to be the best versions of ourselves today? Like we want it right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is why they say patience is a virtue um, because life is, life is long. It's a long journey and we're, Mm -hmm. we're slowly and slowly, I think climbing that mountain and it, it it takes a long time, but there's a lot of beautiful views to be enjoyed along the way. And, um, Gosh, I'm just I'm I'm so thankful for you and what you do. Can you remind people uh, one more time where they can find you, uh, where you kind of hang out on the internet? <laughs> yes, I I should not be on there as much as I am. I'm working on it, I'm working on it. But you can go to KaylaCraig.com and that will have kind of everything. Um, but I'm on Instagram, I, where I share the prayers as liturgies for parents, and my personal account is just Kayla underscore Craig. And I have my book to light their way and then my new book coming out every season sacred. So those yeah. are available wherever. And what's the release date on that latest book? Yes, that is September 19th, but pre-orders are open now. And it always feels so cringy <laughs> as a, a writer and an author to share that. But, um, you know, we write something that we hope brings meaning to others. Right. And I really, it's the design team did a beautiful job at laying it out and just uh, making it something that you might want to keep, you know, on your bedside table and and enter to. Yeah. Yeah. It is beautiful. And you're right. Pre-orders make (laughs) such a difference for authors. Like I I just did a post today where I was like, this is why I keep mentioning the (laughs) pre-orders. So everyone, if you're interested in Kayla's book, do pre-order it. It's beautiful. It's going to be helpful. It's going to, um, dare I say, bless you. It will be a (laughs) blessing (laughs) to you. So yeah, Kayla, thanks for being on. Thanks for the lovely conversation. Thank you, Amanda. I want to close today by reading one of Kayla's prayers from her book, To Light Their Way. This is from A Prayer for the Overwhelmed. Oh God, help us resist the lie that we are alone in the swirl of parenting, in the world at large, for you hold our children and indeed all of us in the palm of your hand. O God, help us to focus on right now, even in our exhaustion, in our frustration, and in our loneliness. Help us to be awake to you in the world, in the form of a crying baby in our arms, or a child in need of help with schoolwork, or a hungry neighbor on the corner. O God, remind us that you are present to each individual heart and every communal cry. Give us strength for the day and bright hope for tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you tune in next time. We'll be speaking with Rachel Marie Kong about the blessing of delight.